0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Nashville, it's time for Nashville Business Radio. Now, here's your host.
1: And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Nashville Business Radio. I'm John Ray. And uh, folks, this has been one I've, well, I look forward to all of my art shows. But this is one i am particularly been looking forward to. Sydney Dozier is with us and she is the founder and CEO of Renaissance Marketing Group. She's an old friend. Sydney, welcome.
0: John, thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here. I've followed you guys and just what you've done over the last five years. Congratulations. And uh, we are old friends, and it's it's amazing to be here, and um, I feel very honored. So thank you.
1: Well, thank you, and I'm honored to have you and and uh, be able to share your story. You've got a great one. For those that don't know you, kind of give folks an introduction, uh, uh, who you are and how you're serving the market out there through Renaissance Marketing Group.
0: Sure. So um, my name is Sydney Dozier. I um I own a social media marketing agency based out of Nashville, Atlanta, and Charlotte. And um, it's called Renaissance Marketing Group, and we're in our seventh year here um, just serving entrepreneurs and business owners um, and helping give them their renaissance online. That was always my mission, and that is um, we can talk about that later, but that is why I named the company Renaissance. Um, I I love a play on words, and I love things that have kind of um, different meanings to them. And so that is really our mission, is to help business owners that are like, I don't know. I I know I need to be on social media. I know I need to have an online presence, but I don't know where to start or, or, you know, there's definitely other facets to kind of how we help people, but that is really kind of at our core is just kind of putting a strategy together for them and uh, really taking on all of the marketing for them so that they don't have to worry about it. Um, That really is something we're really passionate about. And yeah.
1: Yeah. Now I want to get into your Background, because you've got a fascinating journey. I mean, you you uh, went to Nashville with the intent to pursue a music career, right? That's right. And then ended up in social media. So, talk about that journey. How all that happened?
0: It's a very crazy story. I um, played music most of my young life, pretty much since I was like 13, 14 Played guitar. Um, Found out what songwriting was. I was a very creative kid. Loved um, had a huge imagination. Loved just the idea of creating something from that didn't exist before. Mm. Putting words together, putting melodies together. Um, so really thought that music was my career. Thought thought that was my path. Um, went and kind of did the traditional thing after graduating high school. I played music throughout high school. Was in a band. Did a, did a lot of shows, was was definitely well-known in my hometown, which is kind of what I've learned when you move to Nashville. Everyone was the number one in their hometown, and then they moved to Nashville and they're nobodies. <laughs> and it's kind of just funny how and you're like, you become very humbled really, really quickly when you move to Nashville. Mm. Um, so I went to college because everyone went to college, and the girl that I was in the band with, um, she was like, I'm going to college, let's come with me, let's try to do the music thing at college and do that. So went to college, um, did one year of school. It just wasn't for me. It was not my path. Um, I I don't know if it's just the entrepreneur in me or what, but I just, I had a focus problem. I, I just, I didn't see the point in, you know, learning algebra again. And like, I just got out of college and did algebra. Why do I have to do it again? And I'm, that's not my path. I don't want to be a math teacher. It just didn't make sense to me. And so after a year of playing a lot of music and not going to school, not really going to class, Doing a lot of partying, I will say. <laughs> um, my parents, my parents sat me down after that first year, and they were like, "So what are you doing? Because this doesn't seem to be working, mm. and that's a very expensive, like you know, problem that we're having right now." Sure. And I just said to them, I was like, "I just want to play music. I just want to write. I want to create. I want to perform. Um, I want to go to Nashville." And so we, they, they were like, great. We'll go, go to Nashville. We're not going to support you, but we love you. And you know, they're not going to support me financially. They mm-hmm. supported me, uh, emotionally and as parents do amazing parents. And so I saved up that summer, um, bought a little like 1992 Miata Mazda, this like little go-kart of a car. Cause I didn't have a car when I was in college. And it was just like, it was like spray painted orange. And it was this hilarious thing anyway. And it was, like there I was just 19 and I just had my guitar in the front seat of the you know car and I just drove to Nashville and I um I tried and I uh tried and I failed I mean as soon as I got to town I think the first the, the first weekend that I got to town I played at the Bluebird Cafe I like heard that they were having a open mic night which if you don't know the Bluebird is
1: yeah like
0: the best place for songwriters that's where a lot of people have gotten discovered and so
1: mm-hmm.
0: I played there and as soon as I watched a couple of people play before me, I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing here? I do not have even, you know, an inch of the talent that, that, that these people have. And so it was really hard. Um, You know, I just, I tried to network and kind of make my way, but I just, I don't know why. I feel like I sort of almost had like a divine feeling that came over me in that, in that year period of really trying the music thing that was sort of like, we love like Nashville's where you're supposed to be, but music is not. Mm. Um, and so I started sort of going down this uh, this journey, this mental journey of like, what talents do I have for in the music world that I could put and use in other in other places? And that was writing. That was you know being creative. That was coming up with new concepts. That was um, you know doing social media. I mean, when you're an artist, social media is everything. And and it was back then, that was 2011. And so um, sort of had to support myself while I was in Nashville. So I did a lot of odd jobs. And one of those jobs was becoming a tour guide at the Country Music Hall of Fame, which for me, I mean, it was $8 an hour, but I thought that I I had made it in that job. (laughs) Because I just, if you're a music lover like me and you work at the country music hall of fame, that's like the Mecca that is like the Mecca of music and the Mecca of country music. Mm. And so I got a job doing tour, like giving tours of this, um, historic studio in Nashville called, um, studio B where Elvis Presley got his start. Really Dolly Parton recorded. I will always love you. Um, just the, the the uh, incredible stories that kind of came out of that studio. I mean, I was just so passionate and you can still tell I'm, I'm, i I've Dolly Parton behind me. I'm such a just music fanatic. And um, yeah. so through doing that job, and this is a long story and I apologize, but I want to get to the social media aspect of it through doing that job. Um, my parents were like, you should see if you can maybe climb the ladder at the hall of fame. Like we know you don't have a college degree, but like, you're so passionate. You love that museum so much. Um, you know, I really kind of built a a small kind of like following of people that really wanted to be on my tour. You know, they didn't want to be on anyone. They were like, we want to be on Sydney's tour, which was really cool. And um, (laughs) I remember too, I would, I would give a tour and then at the end they'd be like, so are you a singer? And I'd be like, yeah. And then they'd be like, well, we're in town from Oklahoma. We want to see you play. And then they would all show up at my show that night, which was so funny and cool. And anyway, it was a really neat experience, but I kept coming back to is this sustainable as a career? Hmm. Probably not. Um, And so I started trying to find out maybe I could be in marketing. You know, I I really love social media. Social media was really starting to become way bigger. You know, that was like i said 2011 2012 so i um tried to apply for uh, you know higher jobs at the hall of fame and everyone kind of told me they don't really hire from within it's a really corporate structure it's not um it's not easy to climb that ladder there and so i was leaving work one day and i walked past a sign that said opening soon the Johnny cash museum. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. I love Johnny cash. There's this, it's, you can tell it's a way smaller museum. Mm-hmm. So I walked in there cause the door was open and it looked like there was like a gift store in there that was, um, that was open. The museum wasn't open. And I, I ended up meeting this woman who was working the cash register there her name was Kelly Hancock. And she um, actually is Johnny Cash's niece. And we're sitting there chatting. And of course, I'm kind of starstruck. And I'm like, that's amazing. And, you know, this what it, when is this museum opening? And, and what is the plan? And she's like, it's probably going to open in the next six months, we just kind of have this store here right now to kind of inform people that it's coming. And I was like, well, are you guys hiring? And she was like, actually we are, here's an application. The owners live in California, but they come to town once a month and it's a family owned company. It's not, the cashes are, are not really, uh, involved in owning it, but there are obviously cash family members that are involved in working there. And so I, um, kind of went home, filled out the application, brought it back the next day got a call from the museum owner and pretty much got hired right then and there to work in the gift store. Right. Mm. But I thought if I could just get my foot in the door, maybe they would see something in me that the hall of fame didn't. And that slowly happened. So over the course of a few weeks, I'm sitting there, I'm like folding t-shirts and customers are coming in and I'm giving them the spiel about when the museum was opening and, um, I noticed and people kept asking, they're like, are you guys on social media? Can we follow the museum and the progress of the museum? And I was like, I, you know, get on my phone. There's no Facebook page for the Johnny Cash Museum. There's no Twitter. There's no Instagram. Instagram for business really was just starting to launch at that time. And I thought, wow, there's an opportunity here for me to do something more than fold t-shirts and use my talents. And so I kind of called up the museum owner and I was like, no. Is there any way while I'm folding t-shirts, I could maybe like post a picture of some of the memorabilia that's coming through the door? Like we would just be sitting there, and you know, Johnny Cash's, you know, 1958 Gibson would just pass on through. And I'm like, that's a social media moment. Right. That Johnny Cash fans, you know, that needs to be captured. Mm. And so he was like, Well, we don't know if we're gonna do social media, like we just don't really know how to do it. And you know, we're not, we're not experts in it. We And I said, I could do it for you. I've been on social media since I was a young person, a young little girl. Um, could you just give me a chance? Let me do it for a week. And he was like, "Okay, you know, he' was very trusting." And, um, you know, that kind of goes back to the the family owned aspect versus like the Hall of Fame, which was so much more corporate and structured, they would have never let that happen. So they gave me all the passwords and and I was we were live. And honestly, I mean, it was like just like that, our following went through the roof. I mean, I think we were gaining 10,000 followers a week on Facebook.
1: Wow. And It wasn't
0: just because of me, you know, Johnny cash is the biggest name in the world, mm-hmm. but I knew how to tap into the mindset of a Johnny cash fan and what they would want to see and what would excite them and what would get the buzz going, um, you know, to build out that museum. So by the time I ended up leaving um, that museum, I, I left in August of 2014, we had, gosh, like easily hundred thousand followers on Facebook and, and several thousand on Instagram, and it was just through being really consistent and and talking to the fans and getting on the level of a fan, and you know all the things that I learned in that time in that role, I, I still use in my business today. You know, capturing, telling a story hmm. is really what people want to hear and what people want to see on social on social media. And so um, to just kind of end your question, uh, I basically kind of got to a point where I was the marketing director of the museum. They pulled me from the store really quickly and they were like, you need to just do this. We really think that there's something here. You've created an online buzz for a museum that didn't have one previously. And then it kind of got to the point where they were so trusting in me and they were like, do you do billboards? Do you know how to grab a billboard location and design it and get a billboard going. And I've just always been the kind of person where I just say yes and figure it out. (laughs) And that is honestly, I think kind of a tip for being an entrepreneur just say yes and figure it out. And we've done that throughout my entire career at Renaissance and, so I slowly started building my way up in that position. They actually ended up promoting me to being executive director of the museum, which is really, really crazy at 22 years old. Wow. Um, and no college degree, just hard, hard work, determination, and just a lot of passion. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got I got pretty burned out. I'm not going to lie. Um, that's kind of what led me down kind of the renaissance path. Um, my My family, they were really proud of me, but I think they were a little bit worried about me. They were kind of like you don't really have a social life that museums like you're, you live, breathe, eat, sleep, the Johnny cash museum. Um, you're not really dating, you know, and I, I wasn't very like emotionally, mentally, physically healthy at that time, just cause I put so much into that job. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of ended up leaving, um, on a whim. I just kind of, I turned in my, you know, I just was like, I'm, I'm leaving after several years, you know, mm-hmm. being there Sure. and, uh, ended up moving back to Atlanta where I started Renaissance six months later.
1: Wow. That was well, a lot. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I've got to catch Lots my breath, and time. I bet our audience does. I don't want to reset uh, here, folks. So we're here chatting with Sydney Dozier, and she is the founder and CEO of Renaissance Marketing Group. Um, so, Sydney, before we get into Renaissance, I, w- one question I have to ask. So you you encountered a lot of – um setbacks along the way, a lot of, uh, I guess, uh, different roads than what you planned. And how did you keep your, I mean, you had competence clearly because you showed that, but the other part of success is having the confidence in yourself, right? So how did you, what, what, what was it about you that you had that confidence to say, Hey, I can do this. Hey, I can do this, uh, and, and step up and, raise your hand.
0: Well, that's, there's probably twofold to that question in the role that I had as the marketing director and executive director at the museum. Um, I, I got to a point when I was able to just kind of set the music artist dream aside and just really shift into kind of career woman mode. And I just, I just knew that I I wanted to be successful and I wanted to make my family proud and I wanted to make myself proud. And I didn't want to feel like a failure of moving to Nashville and not doing the music thing. So something kind of clicked in me in, in, in those early years in Nashville, where I was like, I'm not going to be a failure. Yeah. I'm not Taylor Swift. Yeah. I'm not, you know, making it in what I originally thought I was going to be doing, but I can still be successful and I can still, you know, make myself proud. And so I think just putting my head down and really working and just seeing the result of that hard work and that determination that gave me confidence. You know, I didn't always have confidence as a person. And I do firmly believe that if you want to be successful, you do have to have confidence. Um, When I started Renaissance Marketing Group, I started it. If you heard me say earlier, it was as soon as I moved home, it was a six month, almost sabbatical, um, of not working for six months, which mm. for me, I'm a workaholic. I've always been a hard worker since I was 14 or since I was 15 or 16, I always worked. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I took that time to really go inward and really focus on myself. I started, I picked up running. I'm a, I'm a huge runner. I, I love working out. I love um, fitness. I love wellness. I love eating really healthy foods because, If you're a high-performing person, you really have to, right? Mm -hmm. And I didn't know at that time that I um, wanted to be an entrepreneur, but it developed over the course of really focusing on myself for the first time in my life, really doing self-care that I didn't do before when I was at the Johnny Cash Museum. So I, I owe all of my confidence in my business in committing to myself. I think the best thing you can do for yourself as an entrepreneur and the best thing you can do for your business is... Is give yourself self care because you can't lead a team, you can't lead clients, you can't do the hard days and the long nights um, if you're if you're not slept well um, eating healthy, working out, you know, doing, doing all of those things. So it sounds, it's a crazy kind of response to the question, but for me, confidence comes from taking care of yourself. And I really focused on that in that six month period, um, where I was, thank God I had amazing parents that were like, you can move back in with us, not forever. Um, but move back in with us, figure out what you need to do. And once I, once I gave myself that grace and that time, I, the idea of Renaissance marketing came to my head. And I was like, this is what I need to do and Mm. haven't looked back since.
1: Wow. Now, you were 22 when you started the company, right? Um, And so you've been around now for what, uh, eight years? Did I get that right? Seven years?
0: Seven. Almost this is, it'll be seven years in December.
1: Okay. Okay. Awesome. Now,
0: pushing 30, John. Thanks for the reminder.
1: (laughs) Well, I, let me tell you something. I don't want to even go there. Uh, uh, we're talking about age. So you, you're, you're, uh, <laughs> let's, let's, let's just move on. But, uh, um, one of the things I'm fascinated by it, with you is you started your company, but you were in a, a building mode almost immediately. I mean, because so many social media, uh, practitioners are really solopreneurs, a lot of them, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, But you really built a team and you're in three cities. Wow. I mean, how did that happen? Talk about that.
0: So I was a solopreneur for three years Mm -hmm. before building, before my first hire, Mm. but it's, I think, you know, and I'm a Christian, so I don't, I don't probably shouldn't use the word manifestation, (laughs) but I do believe in that. Um, I, I really, in the early stages of my business, I really had a vision and the vision always was, I, I honestly, I, I visually, I I visualized seeing people be with me. I've never been the kind of person where I just want to be on my own. Um, I think that's why when I was a musician, I wanted to be in a band, Mm. you know, I wanted, I wanted that team. I didn't want to just do it by myself. So it was really hard for those three years when it was just me, because it was, like at the end of the day or if i had a you know horrible client experience or if something didn't go go my you know the right way as it really rarely does it's such a you know your days are um never linear but um i just was like dang wouldn't it be cool if at the end of the day i had someone to like pour a cocktail with and be like wow that client was really on our case today. Let's talk about that. Let's unpack that, and just have that that togetherness and have that sense of you know camaraderie. And um, I always I always visualized that. And so at year three, I we I was able to gain a, a pretty big client from for the company at the time, and it got to the point where financially and just workload wise, where I was like, I need to hire, and. My personal circle, I had a lot of kind of some pushback from people being like, I don't know if you want to do that. And it's going to just change everything. It's really hard to manage employees. And like, you're still trying to get things going, but I just have always been someone that just listens to my gut and my gut was just screaming, this is, this is what you need to do, not just for the client to give them the best level of service that they deserve, but for you and for this next chapter and this next step in your business, so I hired Mindy, um, who's still on my team today. She's now my creative director. Hired her in, in pretty early 2018. Brought her on. Uh, didn't have an office at that time. You know, we worked out of my house and had a little home office in my room. And she would come upstairs and we would sit there together. And and, and I just remember that first day that she sat across the desk from me. And um, I had trained her a little bit on the accounts that I wanted her to manage and what I wanted her to do. And then she's like, okay. And then we got to work and it got quiet because we were working. And I just like sort of started crying because I was like, this is a milestone. And mm. I'm a huge believer in, and I think, you know, the, the, the path of business, you know, you get so into the day to day that you, you forget to pat yourself on the back, you know, cause mm. you're just going so quickly. But I was like, for me, I was like, ah like you're you've got an employee and you know she's only working three days a week because that's all I could afford Uh but like that's cool and she was so excited and we were but it was like such an early like startup kind of culture vibe and I did the same thing with getting our office we got our first office space this year and like that was another pat on the back moment for me because I always visualized. I was like wouldn't it be cool if one day I had a couple of people working under me that were on the team and we had a pink couch in the, in the um, waiting room area, which we do now, and, you know, <laughs> it was very startup culture where we have cocktails at four o'clock. And of course you, that's not what business is about. It's not about, you know, just like the ping pong table thing, mm-hmm. but, um, I always wanted work to be fun because I think that life's too short, you know? And, um, I think if you're really creative and you're really passionate and you work really hard, um it should be it should be fun and, and you should love your team and you should have a fun culture. And so that's something that we're really, really excited to have. And um and yeah, so so now we're a team of of almost 10 and we we definitely have interns every single season. So that the number of employees kind of shifts. But um, I, I love every single person that works with us and everyone brings something different to the table. Everyone has a different skill set, which was really important for me. Um, to hire people that were smarter than me, better than me, more creative than me, um, had a completely different psyche than I do, looks at things a completely different way. And um, yeah, so it's it's really been great.
1: Mm. Wow. Uh so let's talk about what you do for clients and and uh I mean, with a team like that, you've obviously got a lot of capabilities and talents that that you can bring to the table uh, for a client uh, and their and uh, the work that they need. Talk about some of the things that you do and 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 how you uh, uh, and maybe kind of the journey you go through with a client, how you talk to them about their needs and discern what is best for them.
0: Right. So one of the questions that we get all the time for new clients is, you know, do you guys offer packages? Do you off, do you have like a social media management starter pack, you know, where we could pay X amount? And I think there's a ton of agencies out there um, who are more, you know, trying to have as many clients as possible. So they just have set packages where it's like two posts a week, one response to a comment a week, um, you know, one photo shoot, of my, whatever it is, and it's so it's so set for every single client. Mm-hmm. And we never, I never wanted to be that way. I wanted our uh, kind of what we offer to our clients to be extremely individualized, extremely customized to what their business is. Because I never wanted to just serve one industry. You know, I never wanted to just serve you know boutique stores. Like I wanted to have a really. Uh, you know, a large variety of industries and, and different businesses. And so when we sit down with a new client, there is kind of that discovery call where it's very much we're in person meeting, you know, it's like, okay, here's your business what, what have you done on social media? There's a lot of research that we do on the the client before we have that call where we're like, okay, here's what they've done on Facebook. They're not really on Instagram. Here's what they've done on Twitter, an assessment. Um, and then, you know, we look at our services and capabilities and, you know, I've built the team out to having, uh, you know, we have someone who does all of our paid social media ads. So all she's doing all day, which she's just been such a godsend and Walker, who's my brother and also our COO, he, you know, he and I said at the end of last year, we need someone to take over all of our paid advertising because it got to the point where we weren't, Walker and I who were doing it, we didn't have as much bandwidth as we wanted to just focus on that. And we knew that that would set us apart from other agencies because a lot of other agencies that are more creative based, they don't offer the paid ad component or that's all they offer. We wanted to have both. So we wanted to have a really strong creative team that creates that incre- incredible content, the visual content, the copy—you um, know, everything that goes into the creative side—and then we wanted to have someone that knew how to deliver that content to the accurate audiences and to the right demographics, um, so that our clients could actually benefit from that incredible content. Because you know, your content is is really only as strong as your as your strategy to execute it um, to the right audiences, and so. You know, we we make sure that whatever client we're uh, you know talking to originally, that that we're able to offer um, you know the right. The right services. So maybe they maybe not every single person needs Facebook ads. Maybe they're more, um, you know, they're more of a client that wants to go th- grow through influencer marketing. We have a new skincare client that we brought on um, a few months ago, and they're like, you know, we know that the beauty industry is so heavily influencer marketing, and of course, we know that we have an influencer relations manager where most of her job is just building relationships with influencers, Hmm. building relationships with bloggers, um, and learning what those bloggers and influencers are looking for and seeing if we have a client on our, our roster that we can connect them to and create and form, you know, an, uh, online collaboration with them. So, um, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot of research that goes into it on our side. Um, but we really, I really try to, to, and, and have tried to build such an equipped team so that There's nothing that really we can't offer the client when it comes to paid advertising. So we do um, obviously Facebook ads, Instagram ads. That's a huge, huge, huge part of what we do. Google ads. That's another really big part of what we do. Not every customer or client of ours needs Google ads, but we like to kind of have that in our back pocket um, for some of our clients. So we do one thing that I think makes us really unique is we have full in house photography and videography. So a lot of agencies will outsource video work and it's, it costs the client thousands of dollars more than what they're already paying the agency um, as you know, on a retainer. and we offer that in-house. So if it's a client that we know is going to need video work on an ongoing basis, we we add that into the the retainer and it's not as expensive as you would think that it is because we see value in ongoing video work um, so much. I think that video is really the way to move the needle for, uh, for social media and for businesses right now. And so we, we, tr- we Walker is our video guy and he's churning out videos like every single day. And they're sometimes they're more, you know, low key iPhone types of videos. And sometimes they're highly produced editorial videos. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's a need for both, um, depending on what the client is. Um, And we build websites as well. So we build websites, we do, um, you know, copywriting for websites, we do do all the creative work. um, And then, of course, the bread and butter of our of the foundation of Renaissance is is completely taking over the management of the social media for a business. That's what I'm the most passionate about. Everything else we do because it's necessary, but my passion has always been in Creating content that is going out, writing captions, um, you know, doing the community management, responding to Facebook messages, responding to direct messages, things like that. Um, And yeah, I would say that's definitely the foundation of what we do.
1: So let's uh, get into. I would love it if you could share maybe a success story, Um, uh, a client that's benefited because of your intervention you don't have to use names unless it's uh you're able to do that but uh share the something if with us if you could
0: yeah so um to keep it a little bit more timely uh when COVID hit we had to really figure out how to pivot with some of our clients that we knew were going to be extremely effective because we serve small businesses right like that is who we serve, mm-hmm. and we have a client who's one of our just favorite clients we've had for several years here in Nashville. It's um, a gift store. And there's two locations in Nashville that they have, and you know, just like most retail and restaurants and everything, you know, just doors just had to shut, and the business owner. Charlie's such an amazing guy. He's been in business for like 25 years. They, they win Nashville's best gift store. Like every year they're, they're amazing. And they've built such an incredible customer base just locally. Um, they hired us to really increase their social media following and they hired us to redo their website a couple of years ago because their website was very old school. It needed to, it needed to have a Renaissance, but, uh, when we first partnered with them, we kind of said, hey, you should probably, this was pre-pandemic. We said, you should probably consider selling online. Like we really see that kind of being the wave and, you know, with Amazon and everything, like you really, you really should probably sell online. And he was kind of like, ah, I just feel like that's a lot. I just, I don't really want to do it. And so we were like, okay, well, we'll just kind of keep driving store traffic. We'll do Google ads to really start, you know, putting you guys on the map and reaching even more people that don't know about you. We planned a lot of events with them and, you know, they were doing really, really well, but then COVID hit Mm -hmm. and nobody was able to shop there. So we called them and we didn't want to lose them as a client, right? Cause we're a small business. We Mm -hmm. were like, what can we do to, show and provide so much value to our clients right now so that we don't start losing clients. And I'm so grateful to God that we didn't lose one client during the pandemic. um, And it's because we just worked so hard on that. We definitely had clients that freaked out and lowered. And we, you know, we, of course, lowered the, the price of what we were charging them because of course, of course we did. Um, but we we didn't lose anyone. And I really do think that's because we all got really, really creative. We worked so much harder to just figure out how can we use the internet to uh, still reach their customers. So with this particular business, we said, you know what, we're not going to charge you for it, but we are going to go into your website and we're going to list Items that you sell in your inventory that we know people need right now. They had a ton of puzzles in their business that didn't really sell that well pre-pandemic, but there was a puzzle influx for people. Puzzles became like Instagram, like everyone just wanted puzzles and wanted to make puzzles in like March, April, 2020. And I was like, Charlie, you guys have so many, like, let's get puzzles on your website and see what happens. Mm. So we put all the puzzles on the website. We started posting on social media and they, I'm not kidding you. I don't know the exact numbers, but they were selling hundreds of puzzles a week Wow. and online we had to figure out how to do it. And he had to figure out with his team, how to do the UPS and the, and the shipping and all of that. But we, we, you know, created the e-commerce store throughout their website and just started pushing it. And we said, okay, I know that money's really tight, but if we could just get a small ad budget from you for, for Facebook ads and social media ads, we think we can reach the masses because um, there was such a demand for puzzles that a lot of the places that sold puzzles were sold out and we still had such a huge inventory, which was like, thank God we did. Mm. So we sold a ton of puzzles and then we started getting into selling masks. (laughs) (laughs) And so it was really like kind of funny. We listed a lot of items on their store that it sold. Okay. But once we got masks on there, it was like puzzles and masks. It was just all day. Just my email would just go off. It'd be mask order, mask order, mask order, puzzle order, puzzle order. And we were so happy because it was just working and you know, it, 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 uh, it give, gave them enough time to kind of figure out what was the next thing to do. And um, the tornado hit in Nashville right at the same time, basically that pandemic hit. And so we started doing online fundraisers to, you know, help support the victims of the Nashville tornado. And we made shirts that said Nashville strong, our team designed them. And we And Charlie ordered them and we sold a ton of those. And so we just had to get really creative and we had to pivot and we had to help a client that didn't always see the value in e-commerce. And now he sees the value of it even more Mm. because as we know, Amazon is really, you know, big box is really kind of killing the small business world. And so it's all about um, being clever and figuring out what is there a need for and how do we articulate kind of the messaging to let the people of Nashville and their customers know, hey, before you go buy puzzles or whatever on Amazon, support your local uh, small business because that is what we need. And, and so and people really did. We tugged at heartstrings and it worked.
1: Well, here's what I hear in what you said, though, and I, this is so crucial for business owners is is in when trouble hit. Instead of thinking about your thing, you know, your tactics, your, you know, your um yourself really uh you know how are we going to keep doing facebook or how are we going to keep doing whatever how are we going to keep building websites you thought about your clients needs and how what are their needs and how can we add value to that whatever that is and you use that to really power yourself through right
0: that's so true and that's a great point i love that you pointed that out because i didn't even really think about that um I always, and this isn't always a good thing, but I always put my business last. I always put my customers first. Um, Some of the clients we we have on our roster, who you know, the Drake house. Mm. um, Oh, yeah. uh, Who else? We have a client called Three Little Dogs Flooring and Interior out of Cumming, Georgia. Mm. Those clients I've had since I started the company in 2014, but I, I acquired them very early 2015. And, um, it's always for me been about the clients and it's always for me been about empowering my team to feel the exact same way. Mm-hmm. Like I, I really, one of the the quickest things that I try to nip in the bud, if I start to see happening anywhere in my business is, um, you know, well, that's not in our contract or that's not, I don't want to do the clients asking this, but we're not paid to do that. I am so, and of course, within reason, and my mm-hmm. brother gets mad at me sometimes. He's like, why are we planning this entire event for this client when we don't, we're not an event planning company. And I'm like, well, <laughs> because I'm so in that same mindset that I was, that I was in during the COVID pandemic of just how can we support them in new and creative ways? How can we support them? And because the thing is, even though we're social media experts, social media consultants, whatever you want to call it at our core, really, and what my core is, is just being a business obsessed person. I, I really, I give so much business advice, which is, you know, funny. I'm in, I'm in my twenties. I've not been in business very long, but I'm so passionate about, about business and finding new ways that bring in customers. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm a consumer, right? Like that's who I am. And I'm, I'm constantly, when I'm scrolling Instagram and at night and I'm seeing what other businesses are doing, um, you know, I'm, I'm learning and I'm, I'm learning. This is what's working for this. Okay. Well, we could do this with this client and just trying to, um, have that outside the box way of thinking and always put them first over what we're doing, because at the end of the day, we couldn't be here if it wasn't for the clients.
1: Great words here from Sydney Dozier. Sydney is the founder and CEO of Renaissance Marketing Group. Sydney, this is um, wow. This has been awesome. Um, I would love it uh, as we wrap up here. Uh, talk about the kind of clients that that are good fits for you right now.
0: So um, really, there's not a type of client that we really kind of haven't worked with. We work from, like I said earlier, skincare brands to car dealerships, to retail stores, to restaurants, to bakeries. Um, gosh, to a ton. We have a ton of nonprofit clients, like four nonprofit client organizations. We love our nonprofit clients because um they they need a strong social media strategy more than than anyone for fundraising and finding new creative ways to raise money, especially in the pandemic where you know, large events and functions and things like that Mm were not happening. So we did a lot of things like, you know, fashion shows online for some of like for the Drake house, we did a huge online fashion show for them. And, um, I would say clients that maybe I'm selfishly more drawn to than others would be restaurants and hospitality, um, huge foodie love food. We have a client that's a wine bar here in Nashville and not that I'm playing favorites, but They, um, a huge wino and I'm really, really proud and really excited to have such a unique, um, amazing locally owned, um, wine bar client here. So I would say if if there's anyone listening that maybe is in the hospitality, um, tourism or just kind of food space, that is where I'm hoping to kind of move more into, but never alienating anyone else because we just, we really just kind of work with, with, with A multitude of of different industries
1: sure sure yeah and we you definitely prove your chops on tourism we heard that at the beginning so folks if you missed (laughs) that go back to the beginning of this interview you'll hear what i'm talking about uh sydney dozier wow this has been great uh um so let's get to the most important question which is for those that have heard something that makes them want to get in touch with you um tell them what your coordinates are
0: Sure. So you can find us at www.RenaissanceMarketingGroup.com. It's a very long URL. Uh, Renaissance is not an easy word to spell. So R-E-N-A-I-S-S-A-N-C-E. And you can follow us on Instagram at Social Renaissance or find us on Facebook, Renaissance Marketing Group, or you can email me, sydney at RenaissanceMarketingGroup.com. And my name is spelled S-Y-D-N-E-Y, but I'm sure that will be in the show notes.
1: Yes, it will. We'll have all that in the show notes, folks. So you don't have to worry about getting any of that. You just click right through, right? So uh, uh, Sydney Dozier, it's been a pleasure. So glad to have Thank
0: you. Thank you so much to have, for having me. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thanks. Uh, folks, just a uh, request. So we would love it if you would go on your favorite podcast app and subscribe to the show. Nashville Business Radio is a search term. We would ask boldly for a five-star review and it's not about me it's not about business radio x we got plenty of listeners folks it's about our guest we want our guest to be found and you've heard the good work that uh sydney uh, uh has been doing in her company and we would love it if you would uh help her and all our other guests uh by giving us a great review so that uh her show and others can be found uh and that helps them and that's what we're all about here at business radio x so we would love it if you could do that um that's about it i i mean i'm 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 still speechless uh, sydney we're going to have to have you back sometime soon Thank but uh, you. yeah Thank you,
0: you so much i i would love to anytime and i look forward to seeing you in nashville soon hopefully
1: i look forward to that um so uh, folks uh uh for my, my guest Sydney uh, Dozier, Renaissance Marketing Group. I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on Nashville Business Radio.